Welcome to New Perspective Podcast, where we're talking about current events, specifically focusing on black injustice as well as police brutality. My name is Lovey New, co-hosted with my awesome husband. Joshua New, and I want to thank, first of all, my beautiful co-host here, looking amazing. And I want to thank each of you out there for joining us again and listening to our new perspective. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and dig on in, love? So let's start with our first question. What do you feel the difference is with racism within police department versus with civilians? And is it worse? Yeah, I, I don't know that it's worse. It's hard to quantify. I, I would say that uh, my, my real underlying uh, decision here or thought is that it's the impact is a lot worse. Okay. Right. I I don't know that I I can't sit here and definitively say that there are more racist people in the police department than there are in our civilian communities. Um, But the impact is absolutely a lot worse because, once again, uh, the police have the authority that civilians do not. Right. So they have the authority to arrest you for something you've done wrong. They have the authority to put a bullet in you if they feel like you're a threat. Yep. Um, not to say some civilians don't carry that same ability, but they don't have the authority, so to speak, behind right. it, right? Um, and, and sometimes, you know, it's just a little pulling a person over, you know, driving while black, right? Yeah. That, that getting, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do. And it's just one of those things that, you know, the racism that you may hold within yourself, you now can... You have the authority to impose it on other people, whereas right. civilians don't really have that same authority. And, and furthermore, where it becomes worse is even once they use that authority, even when it's done in the wrong way, the court systems have their back. The Justice Department, the justice system has their back because any dispute you have with a police officer um, in, in a courtroom, they are believed. Yep. They, they are, have the they hand. have their back. It's like the principal saying something against you. Everybody's going to go with the principal. Yeah, absolutely. Or the so, teacher in this situation. Correct, correct. And so the the point is, is like you're never, you don't stand a chance. And then there's, you know, a lot of loopholes and things in place that allow these police officers, to, and they know what they can get away with. They yep. are the law, so they know what the law is. And most citizens, unfortunately, don't know the law. Um, and don't know what their rights are. And even if you were to say, this is my right, that doesn't mean that a police officer has to listen to you. Would have gone you. in your face, and your rights just went out the window. Correct. <laughs> you know, so like those, because they have that authority to have that type of impact on your life, I think the, yeah. again, the impact of their racism is a lot more impactful and severe and, and more especially to, you know, the, the black community. And I, I think, in the civilian communities, it's not so much that uh, they're any less racist. I'm, you know, I'm sure they're probably just as racist, right. quite truthfully. And some of them, I don't even necessarily think it's like pure racism, because to me, racism is uh, purely having hate in your heart for someone of a different skin color, right? Right. That's how I see racist, you know, and, and the KKK, like they want to do harm to someone. They want to just because of the color of your skin, you're, you're less than right but i think where and i can speak on this a little bit i think being a white guy um (laughs) i think in in our civilian communities and amongst the white race specifically there's 
there's prejudices that are in place. Yeah. Not necessarily racism to the extent that someone who would, you know, a white nationalist movement would be considered. And, and don't get me wrong, we all have our prejudices. Yeah. Uh, I like Nike more than I like Reebok. Uh, that's that's my prejudice. You right. know, um, I like chocolate ice cream over white ice cream. Um, <laughs> Yeah, or vanilla ice cream. Look at me. I'm already being racism. racist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, that kind of goes to the point, though, is that... Uh, <laughs> I've been with him for 10 plus years, and apparently vanilla is better than chocolate. <laughs> no, no, chocolate, <laughs> if you can't figure that out, is better than vanilla. Oh, it's that's funny. Anywho, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> got to have fun with it, right? So... But but the point here is that uh, people's prejudices. Everyone has prejudices, yeah. and and honestly, you can like, oh well, yeah, I like this kind of ice cream over that ice kind of ice cream. It doesn't hurt anybody, right? And the kind of the same thing. Like I may, you know, I, I may not do wrong to black people, but how do I view them? How do I see them? How yeah. do I think about them? What is my cognitive process when I see a black person or yeah. a person of color and a minority? Um, and I think those prejudices, uns- unfortunately, come out to play in many other ways that may not be directly offensive or harmful, but they they do their own damage, um, even from the sense of just standing back and not saying nothing. So that's one of the things, as a side note, is I, I think about, as we're talking, I'm going back and forth of some of the things that I deal with in my job field. Um, and I have worked pain management as well. So you get some prejudices when certain... Um, characters come in with the same type of stories you have it in your mind and i think police officers too have that same thing of um you know not that i'm saying that it is always a black person poor neighborhood blah 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 scenario but when you've seen that over and over because right. you also have to get your spidey sense and your street smarts up which is where if anyone's gonna be aggressive this is how their body state you know their right. body uh position is all those little things and that's where i get i think you get job fatigue and that's where i think some of the police officers need to be rotated i mean go to the desk for a little while and then Go back to administration, work into the jails, and get back on patrol. Because once you've had a shift of perspective, you also are a little bit more attuned. Correct. Um, you also are a little bit more, um, you have more endurance for it. When you've been on the street patrolling for 20 plus years, yeah. you get jaded. I mean, that's even myself. I've been a nurse for 15 years. And there's some things I'm jaded about. And it's not going to change, but it's just from it's been my experience. Correct. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And and I think, unfortunately, uh, and, and they have to bring that with them every day, right? If they don't bring some of that with them every day, they could themselves be in danger. Absolutely. And I think they should be protecting themselves. I don't think we should send police out there with no resources, no recourse, and uh, because there are bad people out there and they're yeah. the ones sent to go get them. So uh, you can't strip them of all of their capabilities and power. Yeah. But they need to know that, you know, when the right time to use it is and when it's not. So, um, but that's that's kind of how I, I kind of look at the difference between racism and, you know, the police department and in our civilian communities is, is just the fact that the impact is a lot worse, unfortunately, just because of the, the power that they wield and the protections that they get. So this goes back into the point of also um, 
doing that psych profile or before you hire yeah. somebody because you've got to go before they even join the earliest you join the police force is 18 years old. So for 18 years, they've been underneath their parents' thumb and everything they know from God to good to bad to evil is all been pushed upon them by society. Their family is their number one influence. And, yeah. and if your dads are racist and I've known a lot of people growing up whose parents are like, Oh, my dad's a racist. So if he doesn't talk to you very much, don't worry about it. But like, that's just the house they were brought up on. And, and you got to realize, especially for male men, they want to be accepted by their dad and by fellow men. That's why I call the police force kind of a fraternity. We're willing to bend to camellia ourselves into being something we're really not. Right. As well as sometimes it's already ingrained. You just need a group of people to ignite it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, Throw me in prison and I'll turn into a real prison bitch real quick. <laughs> Trust and believe I would have a girlfriend in a day. <laughs> Just saying. Situations, you got to be flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen, right? Me too. Um, well, so let me ask you about this then. Um, what's your opinion on the protesting and the rioting that's going on right now? And do you think that that's the solution to the problems we're seeing with the, the injustice and, and the police brutality? Hell yes. Hell yes. It is absolutely the solution. Do I think that we, if we could um, peacefully protest, is that the better way? Absolutely. I disagree with all the looting and the building damages and all that. But the reason why we end up rioting is because peaceful protesters go unheard. Um, we could all do this. What I'm doing and we're doing here is having a platform and sitting at home. And sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes we have to get other countries, other states all involved. Look at the action that's taking for right now because of George Floyd, um, Ahmad, Trayvon Martin, all the people. There's females. It's also there's Brianna. Um, there's other people who who have lost their lives um, due to the police brutality. So I absolutely agree that rioting is not the way. However, look at the results. Yeah. Look at globally how many people have stepped up. Look how many white people are saying enough is enough. Black people are saying enough is enough. Yeah. I mean, even other people of color are stepping in. So absolutely, if this is the results, if we're going to get police to be more um, regulated, if we're going to have less black people lose their lives in the presence of police officers, absolutely. And no, I don't care about your buildings that de got defaced or um, a window broken because why they have insurance, insurance. And absolutely all these businesses white and black so let's not sit here and go oh we're destroying black businesses they have insurance too and they're going to call their company and get their claim money and get their stuff fixed and you know what there is no building that is worth the price of any black man or black woman's life so i don't give two cents about anyone's buildings i don't care I think the the message is still the same and that's what we need to focus on is why are people rioting? Not so much the focus on my building got demolished or burnt down. More importantly for that, I just want to talk about there are um, anarchists that are out there going to destroy buildings yeah. in the name of Black Lives Matter and making it seem like black people are doing it. And that's something I need for all races to take note of. And don't think that 
people are just out there being, uh, or uh, black people specifically are the ones just going out there causing all the havoc. No, I want people to weigh in some things. We've been quarantined for however long, yeah. going on months now. People it's now summertime. Up. Yep. Um, we've been homeschooling our children. We don't mm -hmm. know what to do with ourselves, even as grown-ass people. So now we have all this energy, this pent-up energy being released for a cause, and that includes all the evil little minds that's been sitting at home twiddling their thumbs saying, what's the next thing that I have to ruin? This is their chance. Yeah, especially when so many people it. have lost their jobs, too. You Absolutely. Know? You hit a major thing, which I want to bring on about the looting. I talked about it before. I disagree with the looting. I hate that people are going into businesses yeah. and stealing stuff because it takes away from what we're the really message. fighting for and the message. But with that being said, it's the same thing during Katrina. I said, if you needed milk, water, diapers, food, you go ahead and break in that building. We'll talk about all that stuff later. But on the real end, we have the same situation. People being unemployment, being at the highest it's ever been. So yeah, I did see a Walgreens where people were going there stealing diapers, but you know what? Diapers are so expensive. I'm not even kidding. If I could tally up the amount of money I spent on diapers for my kids, if I had the stomach, I would have done cloth diapers and scrubbed that crap out. But honestly, it, it's it's ridiculous. So that's what I would say is some of the looting is coming from the fact that people are poor and they yeah. need some things for their children and they're capitalizing on the situation. Um, so I call them capitalists and thinkers. Um, so salute to you. Um, but the other part is that on the people who are just robbing randomness just to be uh, – uh, just anarchist. Yeah, yeah, just be out of control, being uncivil, then I think you're wrong. So that's my position on uh, peaceful protesting. Yes, that's the answer and the key. If we go unheard too long, you're always going to have a riot. Side note, mm -hmm. why is it that when after a football game, you men and fans will go destroy a whole city? But you know we don't get the we don't get all of the the bad uh, reps over that. You no, know? like it's it's considered okay and it's part of a celebration. Um, it's and a that's, celebration. That's the hypocrisy of, of the situation. Um, but you also don't see the business you know, owners come out and be like, yeah. "What are y'all doing to our businesses?" The cops' cars that's you know flipped over as well. That bothers me because I put a post on Facebook specifically showing a picture of writing now for Black Lives Matter uh -huh. versus a picture for writing after the, um, uh, who was it? Eagles. Was it the Eagles, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Went over the Patriots and literally the pictures were identical. A cop car was flipped over with a fire burning. So one was about happiness and one was over black lives. I'm so lost on why we party and celebrate in the uh, same but equal way and opposite force. Yeah, I don't particularly understand that either. It's but here's my thing. Side note. Not one of you men scored that goddamn football no. or tossed <laughs> it, but y'all cheer like it was your son on the field hey. doing it. <laughs> it, it, drives, it's, it cracks me up. They make fun of us women for shopping, <laughs> but they will lose their ever-loving mind if somebody misses a catch. Or, you know, the quarterback's doing terrible. It's it's ironic. You, you know, got to see them. That's the difference in men and women. We just can't explain it, you know. At least when I cheer about getting my new purse, I have that for a while. It's not <laughs> just for a minute. <laughs>
<laughs> too funny. So with that being said, I have an awesome question from one of our viewers. Why do you think so many white people try to pretend that racism against people of color does not exist or isn't really that bad? I've heard this one. Yeah, I, um, I'll tell you straight up what I think it is. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't affect them. <laughs> Honestly, you know, when it doesn't affect you, of course, it doesn't seem that bad. It's not yeah. your brother or sister or, or even someone of your color and kind that's being oppressed and, and bullied and killed. Yeah. So when it doesn't, it's it's like anything. Uh, you can drive by an accident on the interstate and yeah. like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. But if it was you in that accident, it'd be the end of your day, the end of your yeah. week, the end of your year. Like it would be something monumental for the rest of your life. So when it doesn't affect you, you, you just don't see the impact as much. And yeah. so I think that's number one reason why. Um, number two is once again, we want to keep the power where we, where it is, right. Is, and, and I don't even think it's so much about, I, I think there's some white people who think that, Hey, not that I want to actively contribute to this, but if I can, if I just sit back smooth and take advantage of the system that was set up for me, you know, why would I complain about a system that That's gives me the side. advantage? Right. Yeah. You, you know? And so I think there's some of that going on. Um, but, you know, going back to your football analogy, because it's so perfect <laughs> here, it, it, you know, I'm a Saints fan. We're from New Orleans originally, and I'm a huge Saints fan. And a couple years ago, the Saints uh, were in the, the uh, playoffs against the Vikings. Yeah. There was a play in um, pass interference. Should have been called, did not get called. Here we go. Uh, or actually, boys. let me back up. Pass interference was called, and it should not have been on New Orleans. And gave them the opportunity to go in and win the game and, and whatever happened, right? But the irony is is that there were people who took out um, uh, billboard ads <laughs> to complain about this. There was literally a lawsuit filed against oh, the referees. Yeah. The, 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 actually, the, um, I don't think it was the, the team, but some citizens actually filed a lawsuit against the referees of the what game. What for these citizens? Yeah, well, you take your... <laughs> Take your guess there. I don't know. I don't know who they were specifically, but you Jeff's can take a messing. guess. But but point being that, you know, if they would go to all these links yeah. over a football game, and to your point, they didn't even play in. See, he's getting it now, women. Weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even buy a ticket to this game, I'm sure. Uh, um, don't know any of these players personally. Yeah. Have no actual investment in the outcome of this game. But yet we're willing to put forth all of this effort to decry and protest against yeah. it, so to speak, right? I like to see that same outrage about things like Black Lives Matter and right. our, our black brothers and sisters being killed and shot to death by police who are supposed to protect them. Um, so it, that just kind of a little bit of a side note, but it, it, it's something that it, I just don't understand the mentality quite truthfully that you know we get so outraged about things like that but not about things that should matter a lot more well you said something that was um what your first answer was it they don't relate in a sense um just like you said the car accident analogy we're big readers of Eckhart Tolle and um in his um one of his books um it states about how we don't relate to situationless it's 
my car got stolen. It's like when you hear your mm-hmm. neighbor's car got stolen, you're kind of like, oh, that sucks for them. But as soon as your car gets stolen, it's completely different alert system. Yeah. And that's kind of how, unfortunately, I kind of feel about my black people being killed. It's like my people, why do my people keep getting killed? Why, you know, why can't another white person I'm not saying that? But I'm just like, why does it always have to be people of color? And you do ignite a little bit of rage when it's about your people. Just like, I'm not going to lie. My Hispanic brother and sisters, the way they're treating y'all and the, um, at the border where y'all are staying in cages, unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Um, uh, my heart's go out to sending prayers, love and light to everyone who's going through that. Um, but I have a little bit of a disassociation because I'm like, I'm not Hispanic, but right. I absolutely, I want y'all out. I, I, that's one of the biggest things I will bring to light if I can is that topic. I'm not for the wall, so I'm going to put that out there now. Um, but how they're treating my my other people of color, it's unacceptable. So that's why I say, yeah. um, and anyway, Eckhart Tolle was really saying that people have to have an identity with the issue or it's not their issue. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and- and I think there's some also with with white people. There's a little bit of naivete. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, I like and even say it again. naivete. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think that especially depending on where you grew up at, right? Yeah. If you grew up in a small town, there's not even a lot of black people. Um, you don't see or experience mm-hmm. racism on a daily basis, or even see or experience black people on a daily basis then, you know, your experience and perspective on life is very different from someone who grew up in the inner city or whatever that may be. And I think there is some of that naivete that is in play because you don't even realize it. You don't, uh, and you don't realize maybe the ways you contribute to it. Yeah. And and again, I I go back to just us even having this conversation. I have to credit my, my lovely wife here for encouraging me to step forward and open my mouth and speak and and, and say something about this issue because even myself to some degree felt like hey you know I just I need to stay out of this and and you know hopefully things are going to get better and and that things are going to make an improvement and I wish that they would but I wasn't actively doing anything about it but I think sometimes because white people feel as though they're not actively contributing to the oppression of black people that somehow it's outside of them. Right. And, you know, even myself, you have to learn, um, you have to open your ears and listen sometimes. That's not necessarily true. So hear me other white people out there. You can't just stand by and allow it to happen. And, 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 you know, if it was your your son or daughter in a river uh, drowning and you just sat there and watched it happen, um, you, I don't think you'd feel the same way. And so I've had to even look at this myself. I've got mixed children um, and they could be mistaken for black because we don't actually see a person's true heritage. We see the color of their skin, which is the dumbest thing, but whatever. Um, So anyways, you wouldn't sit there and have that type of apathy if that was your child in, in in a river floating by drowning. You'd want to actively jump in and do something about it. And that's what I feel white people need to do on this issue is actively jump in, engage and share your opinion, share your insights and hopefully and maybe uh, educate other people. And and like to your point, sometimes white people can hear white people better. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, uh, we can do that and we can come together on this issue. I hope so. Yeah, I do. 
So, love, we got another question here from uh, from uh, Instagram. And so I'm going to throw this one to you here. Um, in, in recent news, NASCAR stated that they will be removing the Confederate flag. How does that make you feel? Amen. Thank you so much, NASCAR. And please don't take my next statements as a bad thing. So first and foremost, thank you seriously, NASCAR, for standing up and taking action to get rid of a Confederate flag that should have been taken down a long time ago. With that being said, if you know the story behind it, it was Bubba Wallace, who is one of the top black um, drivers for NASCAR, who ended up having um, an interview with CNN. And he said, I quote, no one should feel uncomfortable at NASCAR events. So get rid of the Confederate flag. And two days after that interview, Um, NASCAR did. So I applaud them for their urgency, um, their response, them not just sitting going, that's someone else's issue, but uh, seeing it as that as it does intimidate people. Now, with that being said, I personally am not a NASCAR fan, and this is why. Let me read from Ray Cicerelli, who is a NASCAR truck driver, who stated, I don't believe in kneeling during the anthem, nor taking people's rights to fly a flag that they love. I could care less about the Confederate flag, but there are people that do, and it doesn't make them a racist. All you are doing is fucking one group to cater to another, and I ain't spending money that we have participating in any political bullshit. So that's from a truck driver. So he decided to stop racing his truck because I quote, I don't care about the Confederate flag, but I'm going to quit my job over it. That makes no sense to me, especially if your paycheck is from NASCAR and all they're saying is they're banning it. It didn't say that the people couldn't wear it or whatever. And I don't know the degree. I hope it is truly the law that they can't walk in anybody. I'm not saying white people, whoever's going to NASCAR can't walk in with a Confederate flag on. To me, the Confederate flag, and I may be speaking for most, if not all black people, we see the Confederate flag as a hate symbol. I also see it as a warning sign. So I get sad if you white people stop flying your Confederate flags because that's how I tell my mixed children stay away from the Confederate's house because most likely they will kill, rape you, and don't give a shit about you. So I actually don't mind the Confederate flag. Wave whatever you want to wave because the people who want to wave it are, in my opinion, are racist. Um, my opinion, I'm not saying that that's across the board because why would you represent such an ugly flag that you lost in 1863 and we're still arguing over this flag in 2020? They're not the only ones. There's been a couple of Confederate um, monuments has been taken down overnight. Mm-hmm. The government hasn't made it a big thing or big to do because there's so much chaos going on. But I applaud it. And we've been doing this for like the last five to ten years. We've been taking down Confederates. Take them down. They're not superheroes to us. No. I I mean, they wanted to keep our country divided. So why are we even upset that people are losing a Confederate flag to fly? But with that being said, um, more importantly, 
Thank you, Bubba, for speaking up. Thank you, NASCAR, for reacting so quickly. Um, I'm not sorry to the people who can't wave their Confederate flags. And for the record, again, I just thought NASCAR was a pregame to the KKK meeting. So I'm not too sad about it. And maybe NASCAR said they can see our hoods and we got to take them off. I don't know. No, I, I actually very much applaud uh, the fact that they stepped up and did that as well. I think it's they the, took their the right off? thing. Uh, I mean, well, that they took uh, the better. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I sit here and the people who who fly the Confederate flag and still rep it with such gusto, uh, yeah. I don't really understand other than, you know, because at the end of the day, that flag was – and people say, oh, it's my heritage culture and all – you can say that, and that's yeah. the politically correct thing to say, but how you feel on the inside and, and what that flag represents to, in my opinion, anyone, uh, is it was the flag that was flown when they were fighting their fellow citizens for the right to keep black people as slaves. So, for the record, since you are representing the white people, I'm going to put white Ooh, people on the spot. I don't represent quick. everybody. Yes, yes, he does. Um, so, how do you see the Confederate flag? Seriously, like even no, growing I, up, like um, how did your family, you know, kind of explain it? Growing up, it well, it wasn't explained, um, and and I absolutely have people in my family who had Confederate flag crap. Now, I don't really I associate that. with them. Um, that's not how I roll, but. Um, it wasn't really talked about. Uh, it wasn't, you know, my, I didn't feel like anyone in my family was overtly racist per se. Uh, but do I feel like they probably had their prejudices and that, that if deep down, if push came to shove, how would they react in a situation? I don't know that they'd react the right way. Um, I don't think that they, you know, I, I don't know that they look at black people the same as they look at white people. Yeah. And that's my family. Um, so, I, I don't agree with it, nor do I rock with it, um, and, and I don't. I see the flag as as being rooted in racism, and so regardless yeah. of what you what you may want to portray it as, as a country, what it's rooted in is racism, and and not just racism, slavery Correct. on top of that, like which. Slavery is worse than racism, you know, so you, you actually brought up a valid point that I would have to agree with you, which I had never thought about until this moment. Truly, racism is probably better than slavery back in the day. I mean, slaves were seen as basically a piece of property. So yeah. if we were were more upset that we can't wave that flag, that that to me is stupidity. And I agree with you. You said something to me as, you know, you didn't see it as, you know, it wasn't kind of ingrained in you or anything like that, um, bringing up or, you know, being raised. But it's like you said, push come to shove, which mm -hmm. your family members kind of cower behind it like Amy Cooper did when yeah. she was in the dog park. If y'all haven't heard this, just a side note, um, she thought to get a black man to stop filming her doing an illegal act, which was just simply, and I will say it is simply, she had her dog off the leash. And the man who actually is a graduate, Harvard graduate, um, which is, he was just there to bird watch 
asked her nicely to put the dog on a leash. And as she's choking her poor dog, and I'm sure PETA is rolling over, you know, 80 times. They probably took her dog from her. Um, and they should because she really wasn't paying she's very much attention <laughs> to make a false accusation. And I quote, I'm going to tell them that there's an African-American man um, threatening me, threatening me yeah. in the park. And he said, I don't care what you tell the man because he had the camera on her. She lost her job. She probably lost her dog. She lost some friends and then came back later and said, I'm not a racist. Well, you sure ain't seem like one at that time, Amy. I'm not going to lie. You could have just put your dog on a leash and yeah. went home. That's what this little black woman would have said. I'm not going to lie. I would have like, freaking people tell me about my dog. I would put the <laughs> leash on and walked home. Like, I just would have and had a whole bunch of conversations in my head. But I would have never thought of calling the police. Yeah. And that's like me. Like, there's a white man with a gun at my head, and he's chasing me around the park. That's no better. Yeah. So I just feel like she was definitely. Yeah, she was completely out of line. But I feel like that's how a lot of white people would be. I I, <laughs> I, I think I think there's definitely a number of people, white people out yeah. there that would be that way. There's a lot that wouldn't. There's a Karen, lot that, you know, that. but there absolutely are a lot of them that will. And so it's unfortunate. But uh, when we're talking about flags, I wanted to kind of touch on another topic yeah. um, is the the kneeling. Uh, for the flag. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, again, Saints fan. Uh, recently, Drew Brees kind of got drug in the media for comments he made yeah. about, you know, not uh, kneeling for the, the national anthem. And and so, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's, number one, I want to applaud him for, uh, regardless of why and what it took, right. you know, some people are just stuck in their ways and they're not going to change their minds and their attitudes about anything. Um, but in this instance, he at least listened to those people around him and listened for the first time he listened and understood the struggle, the reason, the, the message behind the protest, and that it was never meant to be disrespectful to the flag or to the national anthem. Right. Um, and, you know, I think we all need to, again, we get upset when people protest in such a, a violent manner right but yet when they try to peacefully protest we want to control that too and you can't control it all there's a pressure bust pipes and a pipe will bust eventually but you know there's no harm being done by anyone especially when i can sit here and i've been to many events i've done color guards for saints football games and hornets games and or now they're the pelicans but yeah you know i've, I've I've presented the national colors. Showing your age. Well, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I've presented the, the national colors during the national anthem. And, you know, you look out in the crowd and there's people sitting down on their cell phones, got their hats on. Yeah, I agree. And, and they're no better. But yet we'll look down on those simply because they're not doing what we told them to do. And, you know, that, that just isn't right either. And um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that hopefully people are changing their stance on this kneeling for the flag. Yeah. And, and last point, I'll kind of end with, with my statements on this question, but we already decided on a flag. We did. But there was a war. Mm. Um, it was fought, and uh, you lost. Take this damn Confederate flag down. We only have one flag. Thank you. So, <laughs> I agree. Um, another great conversation with you here today, yeah. love. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, especially I get to look across at this beautiful young lady. So, Once again. 
he's trying. Yeah, you I know. Cook dinner later, so. <laughs> but uh, awesome conversation. Yeah. I, I appreciate your insights, your perspectives, and and bringing and yours as well. You know, absolutely, and uh, so I want to thank everyone out there for joining us today. I want to thank my co-host here, Lovey. I'm Josh, and want to invite you to join us for our next conversation. We'll be continuing with a few more questions on this topic. But until then, I want to thank you for joining. Thanks for listening to our new perspectives as we inspire hope and ignite the love for life. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks.